Chapter 3 You threw the guy into the air? Jake asked. Wasn't that maybe just a little unnecessary? No, he made me mad, I said. It was the next day after school, a Monday. We were walking through the woods. Me, Cassie, Jake, Marco, and Tobias. Of course, Tobias wasn't really walking. He was flying overhead in little hops from branch to branch. He stayed close so he could hear us. Red-tailed hawks have excellent hearing, but he still had to stay fairly close. Well, Rachel, you know I sympathize, Jake said mildly, but I don't think our job is really to right every wrong that's done to animals. That would be a full-time job, unfortunately. I looked at Cassie. She gave me a wink. We kind of didn't tell Jake that she had been there, too. Cassie and Jake like each other. She didn't want him to be mad at her. With me, it's a different story. Everyone knows I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. We have other stuff to deal with, Marco grumbled. The Andalite didn't give us this power so we could turn into the Animorph Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Fine, I said, which wasn't exactly like admitting I was wrong. But what's got you so serious, Marco? Let's wait till we find Axe. I don't want to have to tell the story twice. So we tromped noisily on through the woods. I felt a surge of excitement. You couldn't miss the tension in Marco's voice. Something was up. There was the smell of danger in the air. And that meant action. I like action. I like doing things instead of just talking about them. Marco makes fun of me over it. He calls me Xena, warrior princess. But I'm not one of those morons who is just into danger for its own sake. It's not about cheap thrills. It's about feeling like I'm involved in something very important. I mean, let's face it, as corny as it sounds, we are trying to help save the world. It began months ago. The five of us just happened to hook up together at the mall. It's not like we were a group, really. Not before that night. Jake's my cousin, but we never hung out together much. Jake's sort of in charge. It's not something he ever asked for. It's just that he's good at dealing with responsibility. He's the kind of person you automatically turn to if there's a crisis. And probably the best thing about him is that he can tell people what to do without ever sounding bossy. (laughs) Since when don't you want to tell the same story twice? Jake teased Marco. I've known you tell the same tired jokes 80 or 90 times. It's your own fault, Marco said. If you would just laugh the first time, I wouldn't have to keep telling them. Marco is Jake's best friend. He's smaller than Jake, funnier, darker, more skeptical. But his suspicious nature makes him very good at seeing beneath the surface of things. And as much as he whines and complains about the dangerous situations we get into, he's still there in the worst of the fight, still making dumb jokes. Marco has changed lately, at least a little. He doesn't resist being an anamorph like he used to. I don't know why. Maybe it's because his dad finally seems to have gotten over the death of Marco's mother. I don't know. Hey, look! Over by that tree! See? A baby skunk with its mother! Cassie, of course. No one else would notice or get excited over skunks. Let's run right over and pet them, Marco said. Cassie laughed. (laughs) I've handled skunks plenty of times and never been sprayed. Yeah, well, that's you, Dr. Doolittle. Cassie has been my best friend forever. I have no idea why. No one does, because we seem like we would never get along. Cassie lives on a farm, 
Both her parents are veterinarians. She spends all her free time in the wildlife rehabilitation clinic her dad runs in their barn. They save injured animals. Cassie is very into animals, but she's not one of those animal lovers who can't stand people. She just thinks of humans as a different species of animal. Then there is Tobias. Back when all this started, Tobias was barely an acquaintance of Jake and Marco, although I kind of knew him. He was a sweet, poetic kind of guy. The kind bullies love to pick on. He used to have messy, out-of-control hair and dreamy eyes that always seemed to be looking at something no one else could see. Used to. Now, he has fierce, angry eyes that look through you like laser beams. Now, he has brownish feathers and a white chest and a reddish tail and cruel-looking talons and a wickedly curved beak. Tobias was trapped in a morph. Now, he's a red-tailed hawk a predator who lives on mice and rabbits and sometimes other birds. I still see him as sweet, gentle Tobias. But he has been a hawk for a long time now. The gift of the Andalite, the power to morph, is a wonderful weapon. But like any weapon, it can destroy those who use it. Here he comes, Tobias called down in the thought speak we use when we are in a morph. I think he sees us. I heard the sound of fallen leaves being stirred, a faint drumbeat of pounding hooves on pine needles. Then, with a leap, he cleared a fallen tree trunk and landed a few feet away from us. Aximile Escaroth Istel. We call him Axe for short. The sole survivor of the destroyed Andalite dome ship. The only living Andalite on planet Earth. Axe is the brother of Prince Alfanger, the Andalite who warned us about the Yerk invasion and gave us the power to morph. Prince Alfanger, who was destroyed by Visser III leader of the Yerk forces on Earth. Hello, Prince Jake, Axe said. Hello, all. As much as I know Axe, and even consider him a friend, it's always a little bit of a shock to see him. He looks like some odd cross of a human, a deer, and a scorpion, but not really like any of those things. His upper body and head are more or less the human-looking parts. He has thin arms and many-fingered hands. His face is flat, with slits for a nose and two large almond eyes. He has no mouth at all, which is why thought-speak is the natural language of Andalites. From atop his head rise two stalks, each with an eye on the end. He can turn these eyes in any direction he wants. They're completely independent of his main eyes. His body is that of a pale blue and tan deer, or a thin pony. He has four legs that end in hooves, but his back slopes down so that you would never be tempted to think of riding him. And he has a tail, a long, thick, powerful tail that ends in a deadly scythe-shaped blade. I've seen him use that tail. He can strike so fast that the human eye sees nothing but a blur. Hey, Axe, Marco said. How's it going? It is going wonderfully. I was up in the hills yesterday, and I was attacked by one of those very large cats. What do you call them? Cougars? It was very exciting. Are you okay? I asked. Certainly, Rachel. And I did not hurt the cougar, Cassie. Not fatally, anyway. But he won't try to eat me again, I think. Axe gave his strange Andalite smile, an expression he managed even without a mouth. Marco rolled his eyes. I'm telling you, Axe and Rachel belong together. The two of you are sick. Someday you could get married while bungee jumping into an active volcano. I squirmed a little. Not because I minded Marco thinking I was bold, 
but because I really was not interested in acts in that way. Okay, now that we're all here, Marco, maybe you could tell us why we're all here, Jake said. I have some news, Marco began. Actually, Tobias and I have some news. I glanced up at Tobias, sitting in the tree. Of course, he showed no expression. He just fixed his piercing gaze on Marco. Marco swaggered just a bit as we formed a circle around him. It's a tale of initiative, courage, and, yes, brilliance, Marco began. No, no, no. Just tell us, Marco, I snapped. Don't try to milk the suspense. Okay, (laughs) he said with an easy laugh. My fellow Animorphs and visiting alien, we have found a way into the Yerk Pool.